As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. It's Megan, and we're going to dive into leading others by first leading yourself. And first, I just want to give a shout out to um, someone who will remain anonymous. I won't share the name here. I got a fantastic Instagram message actually from one of our listeners, and I'm going to read that here. If you're listening, hi. Discovered your podcast today after searching for guidance and navigating an unhappy client. It very much aligned with what I needed to process after receiving a very unexpected email from a good client. My husband and I own an architecture design firm producing high-end homes and furnishings. Our business inflated over the period of COVID and the adjustments to move to more staff and clients has been continual. I appreciate how direct you are in your topics, and I'm now a very grateful fan. There are many tools I've gathered from your podcasts and interviews. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I'm so happy to hear that you are finding so much valuable and just tangible things that you can go implement immediately inside of your business. And so many companies experienced rapid growth in 2020, 21, 2022, uh, even in 2023, you know, I think some fields and industries have either plateaued or taken a couple of steps back. It just depends on the field, the industry, the stage of business that you were at. So the last three years has either really worked for you and propelled you forward, or perhaps it has not been a good thing for you. And if you have grown very rapidly, like many of the clients who I do strategic advisory with, you have been and currently probably are experiencing growing pains that come along with scaling, with building a team, with managing a team, with your own leadership, with uh, working with more clients, with putting systems and processes and procedures and protocols in place so that the operations of your business is really working like a well-oiled machine. And You know, what got us to where we are, for many of us, it was a lot of really hard work. It was brute force. And we're finding at these new levels that brute force and hard work and just doing it yourself because you can do it faster and better and you know how to do all the things, it doesn't work anymore, quite frankly, because it isn't sustainable. And with growing numbers of clients and jobs and leads and prospects and also team, You just don't have enough hours in the days to operate your business the way that you once did. So we're going to dive into leading others by first leading yourself. You know, as entrepreneurs, there is a lot of pressure on us. There's a lot of pressure to perform and to continue performing at a very high level, to continue generating more and more money. If you're listening to this, you might actually be the main provider or the breadwinner of your family, whether you are male or female, doesn't matter. Um, You know, a lot of women start businesses 
after they left a job and then they end up growing their businesses to a certain point where their husband no longer has to work at their job anymore. And I've had clients who are in that position. I myself have been in that position in the past. And a lot of folks find themselves there. It's a lot of pressure to financially provide. Again, whether you're the man or the female of the house doesn't really matter. There's a lot of pressure to support the team that you have hired, to continue to support the lifestyle that you now have if you did elevate your lifestyle. There's a lot of pressure to keep your clients happy so that your retention and renewal rates go up, so that your referral rate goes up. There is a lot of pressure to continue producing very high-level, excellent results for your clients, and of course, for your business to continue being profitable and become even more profitable. There's also a lot more responsibilities. As your company grows, as your team grows, as the number of clients you're working with grows, As you progress year after year, you have even more responsibilities and they don't ever stop. They continue to mount and the responsibilities can put a lot of pressure on you. You know, as an entrepreneur and a leader, one of the key areas to grow and develop is your own self-awareness. And we'll talk a little bit about that on today's show. The, The first place that I want to invite you to look is whether or not you are taking full 100% responsibility for everything going on inside of your company, even your team, even the mistakes that your team is making. This is an area that a lot of entrepreneurs do not like. They don't enjoy taking 100% responsibility for everything good and not good going on in the business, especially when it comes to clients and team members. I'll tell you a quick story. I was chatting with with a fellow business owner the other day, and she said that at the beginning of her launch that she had a few weeks ago, one of her team members made a few mistakes with the launch. One of the mistakes was sending a series of emails out to the wrong segment of her list regarding her launch. And the other mistake was incorrect dates and times uh, for the actual launch in those emails. So that's a number of mistakes all happening at one time around a launch. And the launch is designed to facilitate filling your programs for that particular round of the program. And in this conversation, the person said to me, I took 100% responsibility for those mistakes. And she said, my other team members were could like just could not believe that I was taking 100% responsibility for someone else's mistakes. And they were like, no, no, no. Like you didn't make those mistakes. She made those mistakes. There should be consequences. You should not be responsible for the mistakes someone else made. And she said, yes, I am. And here's why. I'm the business owner. I'm the leader. And if I'm taking 100% responsibility, my actions are going to be different than if I don't take the responsibility at all. And let's take a look at how that would have gone down had this particular person not taken responsibility as the leader and the owner of the company for the team member's mistakes. She would have just focused on the team member's mistakes. She would have had a conversation with that team member, reprimanding the team member, punishing the team member, probably calling the team member out in front of other team members on this particular company, 
And she would not have taken the opportunity to help this person learn, grow, and develop. On the other hand, she did take 100% responsibility. And so she got to have a very different kind of conversation with that team member. She was able to build more trust and transparency and respect and mutual love between herself and that team member. She absolutely built more trust from the team member because the number one way to demolish trust between yourself as a leader and your team is to constantly focus on their mistakes versus focusing on helping them and supporting them to have everything that everything they could possibly need in order to be successful as a team member in your company. So when it comes to your responsibilities, you actually do want to be taking 100% responsibility. And that doesn't mean that you're taking responsibility off of the team member. However, you will have a very different company culture and you will be able to provide support to your team in a way that invites them and allows them to be more effective and more high performing as a team, especially the way that they work together. So to handle challenges, usually the leader will make the decision to work harder, longer hours, and do whatever it takes to succeed. It's not sustainable. And ultimately, you risk burning yourself out and burning your team out. Now, what I have learned from team members when I go into a company and do strategic advisory with the CEO and the team, I always have a lot of one-on-one conversations with the team because your team is always going to tell a third-party advisor more of the truth than they're ever going to tell you. And in most circumstances, what I hear from the team is very different than what the leader is hearing from their own team even when they're having one-on-one conversations from the team. And more oftentimes than not, I hear that team members are burned out, they're tired, they're exhausted, they don't have clarity, they're expected to be a mind reader, they are intimidated by the leader, and they feel like they have to walk around on eggshells, and morale is very low. On the other hand, when I talk to the leader, What the same team members are saying to the leader is that they're not stressed at all. They're not burned out. Everything is fine. Everything is great. They have no complaints because they don't want to offend the leader. They may not want to lose their jobs. They want to be seen in a positive light. They don't want to be seen as a troublemaker or someone who can't handle it. And ultimately, they really want to do a good job and they want to please you as a leader. So I highly recommend whether your company is super chaotic behind the scenes, crazy things are happening, you're experiencing all kinds of growth, or if you are just humming along nicely, success is awesome, you're on an upward trajectory, you want to keep it that way, uh, let's have a conversation. I would love to come in and support you and your team in being more effective, less stressed, high performers, happier, uh, have more inner peace. and and really help you build a company that can be team managed. Here's the deal. What I want to dive into today are two key areas for you to focus on becoming a more conscious leader. And there's two categories uh, that I'm going to break this down into. One category of conscious leadership is being more conscious of self. The other category is being more conscious of others. 
And there's four items in each category we're going to unpack here. I'll start with conscious of self. Actually, I'm going to share all eight. We'll start with the conscious of self category. So in order to become a more conscious leader, when you are more conscious of self, it means that you are centered and grounded. You have clarity in your life. You are self-aware and you are introspective and curious. And maybe just take a moment and give yourself a benchmark mark score on a scale of one to 10, one meaning you know, you are not centered and grounded at all. 10 being you couldn't be more Zen. How would you rate yourself and the way that you conduct yourself and operate inside of your business and your life on a daily basis with yourself, with your family and with your team and with your clients? So on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest, rate yourself in the category of being centered and grounded, having clarity in your life, being self-aware, and being introspective and curious. Are you spending time on these things every single day? Um, Are you taking time out of your day to really recognize these areas within yourself? Are you actively developing them? That should go into your score. And then the other category is becoming more conscious of others. Number one, conscious leaders are humble. Number two, they are trustworthy. Number three, they act equally as coaches, mentors, and students. And number four, they are engaged with and committed to developing teams. Do the same thing over there. Figure out what your benchmark is around your level of consciousness around others and with others on a scale of one to 10, one being the lowest, 10 being the highest. Are you exhibiting an example of number one, being humble, number two, being trustworthy, Number three, acting equally as a coach, a mentor, and a student. And number four, being engaged with and committed to developing your team. Rate yourself. So let's go through each one of these. Number one, uh, we'll start with consciousness of self. Number one, you are centered and grounded. What does this mean? What does this look like on a daily basis as a leader? Well, for starters, you are aware of your strengths and weaknesses. You are also very clear with others about what your strengths and your weaknesses are, and you hire out for your weaknesses. You know what you're passionate about. You are clear on your vision. In fact, you want to be clear on your three-year vision. You want to have a very specific three-year vision. And you want to have specificity on in about every category of your business. Most of the time when I talk to CEOs, uh, I'll ask them what their vision is, and they'll give me one or two sentences. And then I'll say, well, does your team have access to a written copy of your three-year vision? Everybody says no. And then I said, well, does your team know what the vision is? And every single one of them says yes. And if you ask their team members what the vision of the company is, what the three-year specific vision of the company is and how they fit in it, they don't actually know. That's really common. I see that with most companies. They then expect their team to become a mind reader. So are you clear on your vision? And are you clear on a three-year vision? Is it written? And do all of your team members have a written copy of it? You understand what is important and critical and what isn't. And this is this is what sidetracks and sidelines a lot of entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs have a constant stream and flow of ideas. 
every single day. They could be small ideas. They could be really big ideas that would have a massive impact on the trajectory of the company. Most entrepreneurs are very quick to tell their whole entire team about all these little ideas they're having on a daily basis. And it overwhelms the team and it overwhelms the business owner because it takes them off track of what's most critical and what's most prior- priority to get the company to where they want it to go. And it sidetracks the whole entire team of working on what's most critical and priority to go work on these other ideas. And then the business owner wonders why things are falling through the cracks, things aren't happening, things are moving really slowly. Why are they not further along? Why is the team not further along? And it's because there must be a deep understanding of what's critical to the growth of your business right now and what needs to be placed in the parking lot for later. Um, When you are a centered and grounded leader, you stay focused and you have a high level of self-confidence. And I would go further and say you have a calm confidence about you. Number two, we mentioned is clarity in life. You're clear on your purpose. You're clear on your vision and you're clear on your mission for both your business and your life. What I find is that many entrepreneurs are clearer on their vision, their mission, and their purpose in their business. And if you ask them this question, what's your purpose? What's your mission? What's your vision? Outcomes, something that has to do with the business. And then you ask them, well, what's your purpose in your life? What's your mission in your life? What's your vision in your life? Their answer is still anything and everything to do with their business. I am a really big fan of Jesse Itzler. If you do not know him, he's the husband of Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. And Jesse Itzler has built many companies, sold many companies, and still starts companies today. And one of the businesses that he runs, he hosts retreats in person, different types of retreats for different reasons. And recently held a retreat. I was watching his stories on Instagram and the retreat attendees went on a two-hour journey. And Jesse himself did this with the attendees as well. He had a guest speaker come in and lead this part. They took all the participants out into the woods, into the wilderness. At first, they were going to blindfold them. And they decided not to blindfold them because the terrain was it was just too much with the terrain. And they, they separated all of them out. And I, they were uh, far enough away from each other that they couldn't see each other. So they took them out pretty far. And each person had a journal, a pen, and a yoga mat. And I'm sure some water. And they left them there for two hours. And... The activity was for them to write out their mission statement for their lives, because we don't do that, especially those of us who are entrepreneurs. We're not really sitting around very often thinking about, well, what's my mission statement for my life? And they, you know, they did the activity. They all come back and they shared some Instagram stories. Uh, I remember distinctly Jesse was reading his and somebody else. I think they shared like two or three of them. And it took them the full two hours. And a few people felt like they still hadn't nailed their life's mission. I believe Jesse said he wrote 17 different iterations of his life's mission. This is a 50, 50, and he's around 55 years old, maybe 53, 54 years old, married, four kids, doing all sorts of things in business. And even he himself had not taken the time to sit down and, and write out what his life's mission is that anything, any decision could always be put through this filter and would be aligned with the life that he desires for himself. 
It's a really, really great activity to do if you are running retreats, by the way. Okay. Number three around being conscious of self. Remember, we're talking about conscious leadership here is to be self-aware, being aware that some of your beliefs may no longer serve you and could be replaced. I was, I am working with a mindset coach. And I was working with the same mindset coach last year as well. And one of the most pivotal beliefs that I created for myself, because this was an area of my life that was holding me back in all categories of my life and business. And it was in order for me to be successful, people are not going to like me or people are not going to agree with me. And that's okay. Because so much of what I was making decisions through was, well, are people going to like me? Is this going to make people mad? Are people going to be on board with this? Are people going to disagree with me? And you can imagine the types of decisions someone's making when that's the belief that they have. And that that new belief for me, people are people are going to be wrong. I think the wording was, um, in order for me to be successful, people are going to be wrong about me, and that's okay. And it is absolutely completely changed how I make every single decision that I make in both my life and my business. Now, had I not created that new belief, I wouldn't have been able to propel myself forward in the way that I have since then. So when it comes to being more self-aware, be more aware of what you're thinking. And if what you're thinking is aligned with where you're going, or is it holding you back from where you desire to go? Number four, and this is the last one for self-consciousness, it's be introspective and curious. So what this means is checking in with yourself and with God, trusting yourself and God, It might look like meditation, prayer, contemplation, and activities that help you clear your mind, which is a skill, by the way, and it's getting your mind to relax. So the self-conscious ones, I'll repeat those, being centered and grounded, clarity in life, being self-aware, and being introspective and curious. So let's hop over to being conscious of others in your quest to become a more conscious leader. The first one is being humble. What does that mean? Being humble, not everybody likes that word. In fact, I made a post the other day on Facebook on my feed and um, I didn't really get backlash, but some people didn't agree with the word humble. And my post was about your, uh, to the degree that your ability increases, your uh, level of being humble must increase even more. So you must always be more humble then you have ability when you're comparing the two. And there were some folks that were like, well, that's not what the definition, like what's your definition of humble? Because I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. And I don't like what the definition says about it and, you know, whatever. But this is what humble means. Humble means dropping your ego, giving credit to others, accepting personal responsibility, which we've talked about, and constantly seeking out feedback. Seek out feedback from your team. Seek out feedback from your clients. Seek out feedback from your peers and be open for what they have to say. That openness is going to create more trust and transparency within your company, which means your clients are going to stay longer. They're going to refer more people and your team is going to perform at a much higher level. They're going to be higher performers. They'll be more efficient and they will be more effective and they will work harder for your vision when there is mutual trust and transparency within the company. 
The second area of becoming more conscious of others is being trustworthy. Your team must trust you. They must trust that you have their back and they must trust that you will do the right thing. Go back to the story that I shared at the beginning of this episode around a colleague who uh, shared about her team member who made mistakes around the email that went out to the wrong list and the wrong days and the wrong times in the email. And the leader took 100% responsibility for that and didn't approach the client being frustrated and overwhelmed and mad, or not the client, the team member, that the team member made mistakes, but used it as a learning and training opportunity and as an opportunity for that team member to grow versus tearing down the team member. If you want your team to not perform well at all or be creative or be positive contributors to your vision and the strategy in your company, harp on them making mistakes all the time. You want to cultivate a team culture and a company culture where mistakes are, you know, you they're allowed. They are, you want your team to make mistakes because if they're not making mistakes, they're not thinking bigger at all. And it's really only through the mistakes they're making where you have an opportunity to really support them in growing, which leads us to number three, and that's coaches, mentors, and students. You don't need to become a mindset coach in order to become a great leader of your team and your company, but understand the people on your team. Find out about them personally. Help them to work through challenges and learn the process to make them better and perform at a higher level. You know, you really have to understand their personality, their learning style, their processing style. Doesn't mean that every single team member is always going to be the greatest fit for the longest period of time because. Your company evolves and sometimes you just outgrow the level of skills that your team members have. And maybe you don't have the ability to train them up in the way that they need to be trained. But I was chatting with, um, you know, when I go in and do consulting for teams, I spend a lot of time with the CEO, but I, I spend just as much time and sometimes even more with their team. And I spend a lot of time getting to know their team, not in a way that I'm becoming their best buddy or their bar friend or the friend that we're just gossiping together, but I find out what's going on inside their lives. And I'll give you an example. I was chatting with a client's team member recently, and she's newly married. She just got married a few months ago. She's young. She and her husband are in their early to mid-20s, and her husband plays uh, baseball. He's plays professional baseball in a minor league team. And they are on opposite ends of the country. One is in Florida and one is in California, newly married. Now I know that world really well because my brother was also a professional baseball player. And I know what that is like. I know what it's like to, my brother was also um, married to a different person. They're no longer married while he was playing baseball. And it ended during that time. So the amount of stress that this young woman is under and the amount of pressure this person is under and just the feeling of being lonely because you just got married five months ago and about a month and a half after that, your husband is off playing baseball in another part of the country and you might see each other once a month if you're lucky. It's really similar to being a military wife. And I know that that must be so hard. So That doesn't mean that you're letting this person off the hook. Let me make that clear. But because you know what's going on in their life, you learn how to communicate with that person in a way that elevates them, that uh, helps them really rise to the occasion. 
um, you have more compassion for that person. I find out if people are introverts or extroverts. I find out what people's real skill sets are. I find out what they really love doing, what they're really passionate about. I find out how they like to be motivated. I find out how they like to receive feedback. And when I find this out, I can then better lead the CEO to become a better leader of their team and also find out how to gather that type of information from their own team members. So in order for you to have a a company that is team managed, you really do have to switch from no longer being the person who's doing all the things. And then you switch to being a manager of all these people who are now on your team. You then have to switch from manager to leader. And when you switch from manager to leader, you do have to become a mentor and a coach to your team members, not just a manager. And that's a very different relationship that you're building with them. And then the last one is uh, conscious of others is engaged with and committed to developing teams. What this means is you're really allowing and leading your team to become problem solvers. You are cultivating a culture where they are bringing solutions to the table, where they are making your vision, their vision, and they're taking it even further than you could even imagine. And they are thinking more strategically. You want your team thinking about the vision, thinking about solving problems, thinking about solutions and strategies, not just when they're sitting behind their computer, nine to five working for your company, but you want them thinking about it all the time. And you want them thinking about it from a place of joy and excitement and expansion and ease, not from a place of, I'm afraid of the negative consequences that I'm going to hear about from my leader if I don't do this job correctly, or I don't do it on time, or I don't do it at a level that meets their expectations, or I you know, can't read their mind, right? So if we're creating that type of environment, you as a leader are going to be a very unhappy business owner most of the time because you're going to find yourself very frustrated most of the time with your team of people who are probably operating like C or B players, but might actually be more like a B or an A player. They just haven't been, they haven't gotten to experience an environment and a culture in the company that cultivates that. So that's really important. Um, So the conscious of others, I'll just do a quick recap, engaged and committed to developing teams, um, being humble, being trustworthy, and then also really coaching and mentoring your team members. So if you have found some really great value from today's episode on becoming a more conscious leader and leading yourself first in order to lead other people, let me know, leave us a review. Let me know what you got out of this episode and really think about like really evaluate yourself, do those exercises that I gave and evaluate yourself on a scale of one to 10 in all eight of these categories and get a benchmark and choose one, just choose one that you are going to focus on elevating to a higher score in the next week or two. And just practice that. You may feel a little weird at first, but I promise if you put this in front of yourself and you take all eight of these and you focus on one at a time, and maybe you focus on one for a two-week period of time, that's 16 weeks So that's, you're looking at four months and you can be a completely new leader with a completely different team of high performers who are effective and efficient and love what they do. And you are a happier, 
more joyful, more peaceful, more calm, more confident uh, leader who is operating from your passion and your love for what you do. And you really step into this zone of true leadership versus either doing all the things or being a manager of people. So let us know what you loved about this episode. And also let us know what you're experiencing in terms of growing pains in your business and what topics you would love to hear us cover here on the show. You can let us know that in the review, or you can send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you loved. Let me know what you'd love to hear. And we'll make sure that we cover it on the show if it is in our wheelhouse. Uh, If you would love to chat about how we can support your team and you uh, as you are going through some new growing pains through rapid hyper growth, growing pains with uh, more clients, more client demands, more clients to keep happy, uh, more team growth, and you're really looking to elevate your leadership and uh, continue to increase your profits and develop the the people on your team and the processes that are going to allow you to not only scale, but also step back from some of the things that you're doing on a daily basis, reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook directly, or you can email me at info at structurefreedom.com. And we'd love to have a conversation about how we can support you. Until our next episode, remember to design a business and life that is built to last. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.